I'm getting a I'm getting a funny sign from the engineer. I can't tell if he's telling me I'm number one or but okay. That's all right. This is live radio and we're volunteers. They can cut our pay. But uh, <laughs> every year here on Sun and Fun Radio, for the past what do we decide? Was it five, five years? years? For the past five years. Five years ago this I had this brilliant right? idea. A moment which will live in infamy. That's true. I had this brilliant idea of Bringing a podcast live on Sun and Fun Radio. I invited. How did that work out for you? Well, I invited our friends from the Uncontrolled Airspace podcast to come out and do a podcast in the middle of the week. It went well. It did. It went two hours and it went well. And uh, we wound up saying, hey, guys, why don't you come back next year? And they said, well, we'd like to do two. One in the beginning of the week and one at the end of the week. And that established it. After that, you were promptly evicted from your building. So, I don't know. That's true. <laughs> These forget. two things may be connected. <laughs> I, you know, I didn't put that together until just now, guys. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, for the next hour and a half, we are turning control of the Sun and Fun Radio deck and the Sun and Fun Radio airwaves and our live ATC.net slash SNF feed. Over to the Voices in Your Head, the Uncontrolled Airspace Podcast. Take it away, gentlemen. Thank you, thank you, David. So uh, here we are. Back again. Dave Higdon. Dave Higdon, I want to start out by asking you a question. So how long ago were you first here at Sun and Fun? 1981. 1981. What was it like in 1981? Smaller. Yeah, like, like, give me a metric. How much smaller? Leisure suits. And I was shorter then. Yeah. <laughs> okay. The, that was back in your ultralight hang glider days. That was back in my ultralight hang glider days. And to kind of give you a visual, uh, about two-thirds of what's here now had not yet been established. You mean in terms of geography? Square in terms of geography, yeah. crowd size, participation, radio station. Yeah. was not here, did not exist. Mr. Shaw better he helped existed. establish the radio station somewhat later. But we can see just a little bit to the east what was the end of the show. And a road that c- comes into the airport from Drained Field to the north of us was a straight shot into the campground. Uh-huh. Now there's a big end run because the runway's longer, the campground's deeper, Paradise City, the ultralight area has moved about a quarter of a mile to the southeast. The home-built area is bigger. Campground is bigger. The radio station's more powerful than ever. Yep. Is there anything in particular? Uh, I'd do that. What, what do you uh, it's, It grew up along the way and became the big deal in spring flying. And it was already a big deal in yeah. spring flying. What, what do you remember from that year? Was there anything in particular? What aircraft, some aircraft that was hot, or you know? Well, one of the things that sticks out for me in those days, the magazine that employed me was called Glider Rider Magazine. It yeah. still exists as Light Sport and Ultralight Flying Magazine. Uh, this was my first attendance at anything of this size and scope, and it blew me away. We had something in the neighborhood of two hundred. Plus, ultralight manufacturers selling ultralight airplanes over in the area, which is now, in those days, was where vintage camping is now. Uh, uh-huh. It was just 
a buzz, and the ultralights were brand new, and there was crazy growth going on, and a whole lot of the attention and a whole lot of the flying activity gravitated to that end of the field. Uh, since then, things have kind of equalized, mm-hmm. and it's a little bit closer to a normal spread. But it was, for me, an eye-opener because nothing in my background prepared me for what I saw here. And, and what about it? What about what you saw was so exciting? What I saw that was really exciting, what really fired me up, was this huge population of airheads, of people that were airplane-centric, and finding that for a lot of people here, it didn't matter that I only flew hang gliders and ultralights. All that mattered to them was that I was a flyer. And it was like joining one of the coolest clubs on the planet. Mm-hmm. I mean, not that the guys I'd been hang gliding with and hanging out with at the hang gliding sites and all that weren't nice people and cool. But it was like, oh, my God, look at the size of this. And these people are like, oh, they invite you to this, they invite you to that. Come by the campsite, have a beer. Come by the campsite, have some barbecue. Come by, You know, it just didn't matter to them. And until that moment, I had not realized the the depth and the breadth of the camaraderie that is aviation today. Yeah, I agree. We're going to come back to this question throughout the next uh, 90 minutes or so. But on that note, let me say welcome, folks, to episode 279 of Uncontrolled Airspace, the General Aviation Podcast. background noise throughout the day, but it's just airplanes, so it's not, it's it's not really noise. good background noise. That's yeah, right. this, is, this is the best seat in the house. We got Skyriders now. We got Skyriders now. We got Skyriders now. Does that say UCAP? I can't. It's got a runway in the front yard. <laughs> and you're in sight, clear away. Turkey National Ground, good afternoon, sir. Taxi via Foxtrot and Delta. We're recording this episode from Spring Break for Pilots, the Sun and Fun Fly-In in Lakeland, Florida. We are, once again, as you mentioned a few minutes ago, the guests of uh, Dave Shalbetter and the whole gang here at Sun and Fun Radio, and we thank them so much for their what hospitality. What a wonderful group it is, as professional as ever. They absolutely are. So we're, we're towards the end of day one here at uh, Sun and Fun 2012. We are finally to opening day. I Yay! know, I know. So, uh, how's opening day been? What do, what do people think? Jeb, uh, how, how did the day go for you? Did you, did you buy anything? I did. I've uh, been shopping for consumables this, um, uh, this day. Um, uh, bought some uh, oil, engine oil. My I was going to say, now with free oil spout. Now with free oil spout. They've been giving away that free oil spout at, at 10 years max or minimum. Um, you should be date stamping the day. That's right. That's right. So I got some oil, uh, got a couple of parts that I needed, some, uh, some odds and ends. Uh, Earl. Call it Earl. 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 Uh, some other I've consum- got a friend, Earl, who would take exception I know, to that. I know. He's not that slick. Get some <laughs> Earl y'all, right? Yeah. It's an Earl y'all. Um, <laughs> and uh, uh, just uh, walking around, didn't, didn't yeah. complete my normal rounds. i got, you know, time to do that No, we got a couple and, days. Yeah. So uh, how, how do you think the show is going so far? Is it I think a, it's is going, a crowd? Or? I think it's going fine. I think, you know, it's funny. I, I, I was at aircraft, the Aircraft Spruce uh, booth earlier today, made a small purchase. Uh-huh. And as I was signing the credit card slip, I, you know, was, this is like 1030 in the morning of day one. I said, you know, how's the show going? He says, well, it's a little, seems like it's a little slow. <laughs> and... 
I was like, okay, well, you know, give it some time kind of thing. But other, other vendors I asked the same question of as I, as I normally do. And um, they said, no, it, it pretty much kind of continuing a theme from, um, I think, this show last year, certainly Oshkosh last year, and maybe going back another year or so. The, the crowds might be down a little bit. Um, the number of exhibitors might be down a little bit. And I think we saw this at Sebring. Um, yep, that's what now, we saw. But the, the quality is good. The yep. quality is better, mm-hmm. perhaps, on average, than, uh, than it has been, than maybe the, these people are accustomed to. So um, while we're seeing uh, maybe not as many people, and I've seen some, some pretty good crowds here for uh, an opening day, a Tuesday, um, uh, I, I'm kind of surprised at how crowded it was in the hangars and how crowded it was out near the flight line. Um, so, so far, so good. I'm, I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised. I think the organizers and the exhibitors also should be pleasantly surprised. Uh, and we'll, you know, talk to me again Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, okay. Well, and visited with a couple of vendors and hangers, Alpha and Bravo, this afternoon. Right. And they see the press badge and they want to talk. And it's like, so how are things? You know, we've been busy as can be. Good. Yeah. As it hadn't been a lot of people. No, but they're spending money. They're, it's quality over quantity. Yeah. And this morning early, on my way off from a morning commitment to a later morning commitment, the number of people I saw hauling bags out of buildings, hauling bags out of hangars, they are buying things. Yeah, yeah. And this afternoon, the folks that I visited with were like, wow, we're stunned. We're doing a lot of business. It's not a lot of people. We were here yesterday, and we commented a little bit about how quiet the pattern was at times. Yeah, last night. And the crowd's growing, and the footprint's growing. But for the businesses that are here, I'm already seeing a lot of smiling faces, and it's just day one. Yeah. So that's encouraging. Yeah. So day one is uh, one of the things about day one of these kinds of shows. It's announcement days. It's it's the day when uh, some of the bigger vendors, manufacturers, um, announce new products and new programs. Um, any interesting announcements happen today? Well, uh, Jeb, you got something we're pitching? Okay. This morning, something that I'd been kind of anticipating and waiting with bated breath to be able to hear about was a uh, joint effort by Aspen Avionics out in Albuquerque. And folks that have followed this know that they've, they've got these little one, two, or three screen class updates that they can do for you. And the Avidine folks, who make these really extraordinary glass systems, and they're working together on a retrofit package that will give you glass and a digital autopilot with Boku bells and whistles mm-hmm. on a retrofit that you can put in a Cirrus SR20, a Cirrus SR22, a Piper PA46, a Piper PA32, uh, a Cessna 182 that lets you put glass in a digital autopilot with a lot of very high-end bells and whistles, flight management system levels. Uh And they're working on developing supplemental-type certificate packages to go into quite a large number of airplanes. And they were nice enough to confirm to me today that the plan is to get these six or seven individual model STCs in hand and then to apply for an approved model list expansion of the STC. 
So that if you do it in a 172, I'm sorry, a 182 or PA46, you can do it on all those versions. Not just the specific gear manufacturer, but all of them. Uh, and it will expand the availability. And STCs really do make it less expensive to do some of this stuff. But it's the full package. It uses the solid-state attitude sensors and airspeed sensors of the Aspen 1, 2, or 3 screen retrofit systems with all the digital capabilities of the DFC-90 that Avidine makes. And that includes stuff like envelope protection, automatic leveling, one-button push, recover you from, oh, my God, I don't know where I am territory, and oh, yeah. autopilot will put you upright and level. And to be able to get that in, say, a 30- or 40-year-old airplane, if you want it, is really quite an advance, and they have quite a future for that system. Yeah. Jeb, how about you? I know you. I don't know if you've done the press conference thing today, but uh, are you been paying attention to any new stuff you've seen here? Or? I have not, to be honest with you. I did not do the press conference routine this morning. Um, I... Uh, you know, in roaming around looking at um, at uh, some of the products and doing my own personal shopping that, you know, kind of was my on my agenda this morning. Um, I didn't see anything that, you know, just jumped out screaming at me like, hey, you got to buy me or, or, hey, you know, this is the best idea since sliced bread. Uh, but I'm sure they're out there. Uh, I just haven't found them yet. Yeah. Well, yesterday in doing a little low-level research swings through some of the light sport manufacturers, I was really intrigued to find a lot of excitement among these folks for the new Rotax 912 IS. I'm not surprised, but what are people saying? Well, these folks are looking forward to getting approval in their airframes for this engine because let me give you an example, a 912S in a CTLS uh, from flight designs. Uh, that's about 118 knot cruise on about four and a half to five gallons right. an hour. Uh, let me, let me interrupt I- you by saying some people may not be familiar with this new engine. What makes this new engine special? What makes this new engine special is it has complete digital engine power control. Fuel injection is digital, individual per cylinder. The ignition is digital, and it reads atmospheric conditions to give you optimal power and optimal fuel burn. So for folks like the flight design CTLS, you can go from right around five to four and a half gallons an hour down by a gallon an hour. I know. If if they can do what they think they're going to be able to do, that would be very impressive. I agree. Well, so Tom, who- Tom Pagini from uh, Flight Designs, right. the U.S. distributor of Flight Designs, Keep said, talking. We are really fired up about this because that airplane already has an 830 nautical mile range on 34 gallons with a regular 912S. If you pull a gallon an hour out of that fuel consumption, the still air range goes up by about 20%. And we'll leave it to the listeners to do the math. So uh, a listener has, uh, someone here uh, here in the crowd has handed me this uh, the Stratus uh, portable in-flight weather for four-flight. Are you guys familiar with this? No, but there are other products like that. I am familiar with the concept. I have seen a little bit about it preliminary, but not enough to... So, Je- Jeb, tell us what the concept is. The concept is uh, the iPad uh, uh, has is a great little platform for in-cockpit use. One of the things it lacks is connectivity uh, in the cockpit. So... 
Um, some companies, uh, I think uh, Bad Elf is one. Um, uh, there's a, um, uh, another company that's hooked up with uh, XM uh, Radio that uh, uh, provides a hardware-software solution to allow um, XM um, Radar, I'm sorry, XM Weather Nextrad Radar uh, to be displayed on the iPad, which is a great, uh, great boon to that platform. Mm-hmm. And if you don't need that later, I'll take it. Well, okay. Thank you. What's your sense of this? Are you familiar with that, David? Well, Stratus I'm familiar with Stratus, and some of what they're talking about here is new to me. Uh-huh. But Apparently this was announced just this morning, I'm told. I have a client that is interested in this. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, well, one of the deals with the, uh, with the iPad, of course, is it's somewhat of a closed system. Um, but it does have Bluetooth and uh, can be made to work and play well with other equipment nearby. So there's there's products out there. I don't know anything about this. I'm guessing uh, it works via Bluetooth to uh, put XM uh, weather radar on your iPad while you're droning. That's a, is that what it is that? Come up here. Is it ADSB? Okay. No, this way. Go around. Go that way. Calm down. It's okay. It's only a podcast. Take your time. All right. And does one of these work? I'm going to give him number four. Hello in there? I'm going to give him number four. They're not listening. I know you may hey. or may not be able to say something and what, see if we what? can hear you. Sure. This is... There you go. First of all, tell us your name. Hi, uh, my name's Tim. Or Edrich. whatever portion of your name you want to tell us, I guess. Uh, <laughs> my name is Timothy. I'm from Florida. There you go. All right. You're the one that handed me this. What, why is this special to you? This is ADSB free weather for iPad. I Thank you. Home. That was my next question. This is ADSB. Free weather... Free? Okay. Yeah, this is the, the system that Amy was telling us about. She's got an RV-10. What jumped off the page at me was the third paragraph down, subscription-free weather, which to me tells me ADSBN. Right, right. This is something that Floorflight got together with the uh, manufacturer, Apero, and created this. It'll be, I've ordered it. It'll be delivered on April 23rd. Cool. And now we can cancel our XM subscriptions. I, Hallelujah. You know, God, Hallelujah. Bless, God bless XM for all the service they provided, but I'm, I'm, I'm uh, find the whole thing appealing as well. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah. You know, you bring up a point that to me is underappreciated about ADSB. And, you know, we all know that the FAA's, you know, next gen requirements required ADSB out by 2020. But what a lot of folks don't realize is that there are a lot of for-hire fee-based services that ADSBN delivers for zip because we pay it in our fuel taxes. And that's right. one of them. A- ADSBN is, in fact, available now throughout many parts of the country, Florida being, uh, um, thankfully, uh, one of them. Florida has, being a really has, good has example. very good coverage. Let me, let me also correct something I said earlier. This doesn't work via Bluetooth. It works via the Wi-Fi uh, on the iPad. Okay. So, uh, that, yeah. that's, to me, that's a, that's a benefit. I'll have to check this out. Uh, this, this actually yeah. looks pretty good. Okay. Last year, yep. Last year, I was here, and you asked about people using the iPad, and I held it up and said, "I bought mine as a poor man's six ninety six. There you go. Now this makes the iPad a complete six ninety six. Everything yeah. in the six ninety six I would want is now available on the mm-hmm. iPad. Very interesting. Thank you. Appreciate it. So, uh, before we move on here, my apologies to Dave Shalbetter. 
Dave, I had to refuse something that Dave asked me to do here. You have to understand that at the beginning of this broadcast, we had a little radio broadcasting accident here. All right. And Dave managed to spill a very sticky drink onto my iPhone. Now, first of all, I want you to imagine for a moment what it's like to be trying to use a touchscreen device was, was where the screen with is Velcro? sticky. All right. You can't like, all right. But then... Because it's an iPhone and he's convinced that it's going to make the radio sound go bad, he tried to put it in one of these little, uh, these little Faraday bags, these little radio bags. bags. The problem was I'm concerned that my sticky iPhone will never, ever come out of this bag, all right, because it's sticking to the inside. And I'm not, stay away from my iPhone, David. It's going to be fine. I'll take care of it. We've got a break coming up in just a few minutes. I'll fix it. Um, these glasses are melting. They're disappearing right before my eyes. Well, that's because they're ice. I didn't. Yes, apparently. That's now, good. Um, this is your opportunity to become a white wrapper. Ice, ice, baby. <laughs> yeah, okay. Jeb, you and I walked out onto the uh, edge of the flight line to watch Fifi arrive earlier. Fifi arrived. It was quite the sight. It was very cool, yeah. wasn't it? They, yeah. they had a they had a P-51C, one of the Razorback. I was going to say, as red, a, pre- as a uh, prelude. A, uh, what was that term again? Razorback. Razorback. Yeah, well, well, let's have that conversation later. Yeah. Uh, um, but one of the uh, um, um, P-51C, Razorback P-51s, um, with a red tail on it, painted up like uh, Tuskegee Airmen. Like the Tuskegee. Um, yeah. Was um, out kind of doing shondells up and down the runway. And that while, is a sexy-sounding engine. Uh, very sexy-sounding engine. While Fifi was doing a couple of low passes and then made a uh, right uh, left downwind for uh, the, for the runway and there was a huge great contrast between the sound of that single P51 and the sound of those four big ass radials yeah is big can you say big ass double on the radio? row big ass radio yes. yes double row big ass radio you can say big ass on the radio all right but double only row, only four radio. times that's enough okay, row, okay. there's a limit okay double now big ass radio um and then, of course, Fifi landed and rolled out, and, and thankfully, you know, everything, you know, all the gear stayed out, down and, and all that kind of thing. But it was, it was a, you know, Fifi's first arrival here, at least in several years, uh, for Sun and Fun. And, uh, I think it was, probably it's first ever. I, I think it's first ever. Um, I, it's just a really good uh, little um, uh, part It's an of impressive piece of machinery. Yeah. I'm, I just handed a note here. Apparently, Lincoln Welding, uh, one of the exhibitors and presumably sponsors here, is uh, giving away a flight in Fifi, a ride oh, in really? Fifi. Yeah, apparently. Am I reading this right? It's a drawing that's going to be drawn on Friday, wow. and it's for two people to get right. They probably mm, yeah. wouldn't be interested Very cool. in a non-functional reproductive body part. The flight's on Saturday, she tells me. So you go to their exhibit, go to their booth. I'm sure they were looking for something more in substantial. In the workshop area and sign up over there. And maybe you get a free ride in Fifi. That would be very cool. Can we sign up more than once? We'll all make a line, and then when you finish signing up, you go to the end of the line, and we'll just keep going round and round and round. Yeah. When he, oh, I see. When he okay. gets to that part in editing, he's just going to have a cow. It's all gone, right? Yeah. Except the part that's live radio, of course. This is the way it always is. Um, this is what he has to put up with every week. That's right. This is the part you all never hear, all right? This is the part you never hear. Where are we? What else happened today? Anything fun? We've got a couple more minutes before we have to take a break here. David, we there's, all... There's we all, one aspect of Sun and Fun, Oshkosh, and a couple other events on the dance card that we never tire of. And that part is the chance to reconnect with old friends. And to connect with new friends. And I've got to tell you, I've been here for three days now. And Sun and Fun 2012 
has filled in. It, it's done the job just like always. In what way? What are you talking about? I've seen a half a dozen old friends. I've made about a dozen new friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a few people that knew about us that I didn't know about. And it's all been very gratifying. Uh, I mean, if you just came here for the airplanes, if you just came here for the business, it, it really wouldn't be that rich of an experience. Yeah, I kind of agree. Yeah. We went wandering through the exhibit halls, the three of us. We we started out We started there. out together, and, yeah. and by the time we got to the second, it was like, where'd they go? Where'd, where'd Dave go? Dave's gone. <laughs> go ahead, Dave. It's, it's, it's really hard to maintain any continuity when you're bumping into old friends. Yeah, yeah. Dave's best it's hard to maintain any continuity bumping into the new friends. It, it's For you, Dave, it's hard to maintain continuity. Dave is the very best schmooze. I've been doing this for a while. Which should make it easier. Continuity has never been an issue. Continuity is overrated. Never been a job requirement. You guys done? Yeah. We'll, we'll get back the, in the next this segment. segment. Yeah. All right. I guess we're going to take a break now. You guys ready to take a break? All right, we're going to take a break. Uh, I right. have never seen such an expression of relief in Jack's face as I'm seeing right I think this there's, moment. There's resignation also. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more of Uncontrolled Airspace. You're listening to a very special episode of Uncontrolled Airspace on Sun and Fun Radio. Not to be confused for a very special episode of Blossom. This is Greg Lane for Chesapeake Sport Pilot. You're listening to Sun and Fun Radio, WPEP 788, 1510 AM, Lakeland, Florida, and on the web at liveatc.net forward slash SNF. Hey, we're back here on the deck at Sun and Fun 2012 uh, with the gang who I... Good evening, Sun and Fun! So I obviously have no more control than I did a little while ago. Thank you! That's the enthusiasm. The illusion of control. Not only yes, but hell yes! Whip it on! There we go. Um, no, I can just that's shot. Sun and fun. My shot glass is disintegrating. Yeah, I know. Uh, joining us here on the deck now is a, a, a very dear old friend of the podcast. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. Is it, is a very dear long-time friend. Well, that's podcast. sort of what I meant. Yeah, that's I'm what I meant. aging gracefully. Yeah, aging gracefully. Farid Gio is here. Hi, Farid. Thanks for having me back. I'm sorry, was I not supposed to use your name? Afterburner Al is here. It doesn't matter. So I'll we are answer to uh, Hey You. We are. I guess we are crossing the streams. I'm not sure if that's what you were referring to. Really crossing the streams, as Dave Allen said. Farid is was our host the first time we were on EAA radio at that other air show up the road. Right. And uh, um, you mean when in Wisconsin? Yeah. And he was I've our, heard of that our show. great host for quite some time up there, and became a good friend of ours. And uh, and then uh, uh, moved from EA Radio onto EA Staff, where you were doing a lot of online stuff for a, for a while. And then you've recently moved on from that, and you have once again uh, returned to the ranks of being a professional pilot, right? I thought I'd dust off the skills once again and do one last ride. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so I, I got a job recently with a regional carrier, and I'm going to try my hand at airline flying. Proof positive that flying skills never go out of fashion. Now, I want to talk to you a little bit about that. Let's come back to that, though. Um, the, perhaps more notable, although you've been to uh, that other fly-in up the road yeah. for many, many years, this is your first time here at Sun and Fun. Absolutely first time. And a Lakeland uh, virgin? Uh, yes. Oh yeah. I'm going to be sacrificed out back what, <laughs> after uh, this interview. Yeah, well, you're going to wish you were going to be number two. <laughs> yeah. I just wish you'd been here for the years of Frog's Oyster Bar. Yeah. 
Well, uh, th- that would have been exciting, but I did ask I, I did ask Jeb about Wilson because I've been it's concerned right. about That's him. That's right. Okay, don't change the subject. What? Uh, what? Uh, <laughs> What uh, is your? You've only been here for a day. It's kind of yeah. hard to kind of get you know wrap your arms around it in a day. But your first day at Sun and Fun. What do you think? My impression is, is I wasn't off kilter. Obviously, things are in different spots, and they're not in the grid system that is the Midwest. Uh, but uh, I thought it would. It just has its own flair to it. Especially you look at the trees and. And they're different. You know, it's just a different area, but the, the enthusiasm is the same. Well, you know, and, uh, you very rarely see Spanish moss in Wisconsin. <laughs> That's right. Only at the, uh, at, the, uh, at the landscape store. I saw it at the Museum of Natural History once. <laughs> so, yeah, so the different flair. I mean, yeah, it's a, di- it's, it's, it's a different flair. Um, one of the things, it's a little off-kilter to be at such a large uh, flying event in, in March. Yeah. Um, I, I do want to note that normally those of us in the upper Midwest leave Florida to find warmer weather, but I think actually we found colder weather down here at this time because of the, the early spring that we've had. Yeah, it's been a weird year in that regard. It's often for us to be down here and here and, and to, to, you know, a little Scheiden, what's it, Scheidenfraden, Scheidenfraden, that it's snowing in Oshkosh while we're down here. You know? <laughs> Is it seriously? No, it's not this time, but uh, in, no, past years, in, in past years. In past years it has. In past years it has. The, the person I wrote down with, uh, uh, did talk about the first time that he flew down to to Sun and Fun, and he left snow, and he was slowly ah, disrobing as he flew south yeah. to the point where he's properly dressed for uh, Florida in March. The one thing I did find welcoming was is that we taxied in, we parked, and it felt just like I was at um, you know Oshkosh as far as everything worked the same as far We've as heard staking of that a place. tent and. Uh, uh, t- staking down your airplane and finding the showers and and trams and and uh, two dollar water and everything else. Yeah, a, a lot of us the same. Yeah, uh, this is a smaller show, um, but it's you know it's it's more accessible too. Yeah, and I and I think if if you're going to have your uh, your first fly in where you're kind of more of a spectator, it, you don't want to get overwhelmed all at once. And I'm, I'm I'm glad that I'll probably be able to cover all the grounds in a week and feel like I haven't missed out on anything. Yeah, like I, you easily cover all the grounds in a week and in, in good detail too. Well, one of the things that's always marked Sun and Fun as Sun and Fun, I'm not going to compare it to anything else, has been the wheel layout here. There's a central core, and every almost everything else is laid out on spokes on a wheel. Whereas so many other events are linear in nature, and it makes hanging out here and visiting different yeah. parts a little more relaxed, a little yeah. easier. And of course, the show's always had a different, more different vibe, yeah. attitude. Yeah. And one of the yeah. things I found out, you know, I, I know the lay of the land at the other fly-in. And so I don't even have to think about it now. I got to figure out where everything is. Yeah, all know, the services. You know where to go. You know where to yeah. find stuff. I'm, I'm that guy yeah. with. You know his where head you are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, so what have you? Have you seen anything in particular here? Any new product? Any new? Uh, any, I mean, you know all these airplanes, but uh, uh, what have you seen? I, I haven't seen anything that's that's jumped out. A lot of familiar faces. Dude, it's day one. Um, but I know. I, I plan to really dive into it uh, tomorrow, especially. I. I, I was ill prepared. I didn't bring enough uh, uh, bedding material, and so <laughs> even though the, last night, the low was fifty nine degrees, I know we woke up. The, yeah, yeah. We, I think the three <laughs> what of us. What do you mean we? All, we all well, we all slept in tents last night. It's but, really weird to go this far south and have it cooler. Oh yes, it yeah, is. and I think it was colder here than it Agreed. was in Oshkosh this morning. It was pretty chilly. It, it, it On was, the other hand, it's very little cooler than Lakeland in the springtime. Yeah, and, and I. 
I did. I had jeans on, and I had three layers of a, a T-shirt, a long sleeve shirt, and a jacket. Because I just ha- I had a, a pathetic blanket on my head. <laughs> and honest, Freed, honestly, how often do you even think about sunscreen in Madison, Wisconsin, in uh, March? More than you think if you if you were to see my hairstyle. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I have to admit, you have a fashion style I've long considered adopting. <laughs> But the women it's, in my life always threaten divorce, so but, I never have. But it's being done for you, Dave. That's right. It has been, yeah. You know, you know, the interesting thing about the one thing that, you know, I've been, I haven't been a professional pilot, or at least working as a professional pilot, since June of 2009. And so January was my first ILS I ever shot in like two and a half years. I actually had to get a biennial flight review because I had been out of it for so long. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that I'm going to have to say goodbye to that I'm kind of sad about because I've gotten used to it, I really like is my beard. Oh, it's going to yeah. have to go away. Okay. I've got a full beard, and in two weeks, it's gone. Oh, well. Oh, man. You're being a grown-up again. Let me disabuse you of one thing. <laughs> it's been way... Uh, you were in high school the last time I was clean-shaven. <laughs> that's not quite yet a full beard. It's not going to be that kind of show. I huh? guess so. Oh, well, no, it's too late for but that. But it's a good start. Yeah, it's, it's just it's a lot easier to get up in the morning and not have to worry necessarily about shaving every time. Yeah. Well, I, I'm sorry. Well, but I do that too. But you, you say you don't worry about shaving when you get up in the morning, but there's no way in the world that you maintain the space above your ears. Well, well, that that, that has worked into the uh, That's the a different that. thing. I understand. Yeah. They're all, there's people out here in the crowd going, it's an airplane podcast. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's an aviation podcast. You're at yeah. sun and fun. Furry, you flew in. Uh, how, what did you fly in? in? And, uh, hey, just keep, give it, be, be, try it again. We'll try the, uh, the uh, it didn't get over the sound gate. Um, flew in a Cessna 180, I believe in 1958. Uh-huh. Oh, very oh, good. We're able to get the owner ride. on, uh, and he'll be able to speak more to it. But it, uh, one of the things that, that was interesting about it, if you take the 1958 technology, uh, the top half of the panel has been redone, beautiful. It's got a Garmin 430 in it. But then if you add in the three iPhones we had and the three iPads, we were... We were well covered as far as navigation went. Yeah, well, you had like you said, you had like eight GPSs. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. yeah. So uh, how was only the a down? small portion of which were actually approved yeah. for use? We had we had a couple flight decks. Uh, we uh, I was picked up in Madison. The, the plane started out of Oshkosh. I was picked up in Madison, and then we picked up another person in Milwaukee, and then on down to Bowling Green. A little bit of cloud decks on the way, but then Bowling Green was clear. Moultrie County, Georgia, which I want to put a shout out for MGR KMGR. Um, they were just wonderful to us, and uh, they're you know if if you're on your way down, see Yankees stop. that much down there. And I think that's part of it. There was a, a King Air crew from Detroit that was down there, Detroit City, but uh-huh. uh, it was just they were they were welcoming. They they made us hot dogs. They they gave really? us yeah they gave us drinks. And uh, you're just I'm, hitting on something that my bride loves about general aviation. Mm-hmm. It's the adventure of going off on routes you've never gone yeah. before. Visiting places you've never gone before, and finding the people there, knocking their socks off yeah. to accommodate what you want. We had chosen Valdosta, but then we looked and we we were going to scrape the western edge of the uh, the the Atlanta um, Class B. I almost said TCA. That's how old That's I am. That's a really um, good place but, to uh, stay away from. Yeah, we 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 skirted around that, so that put us in Moultrie County, and the. Um, I got to do. I hadn't flown conventional gear in a while, so I got to uh, I got to do a couple landings and. Every time we landed, she said, welcome to Moultrie County. We taxied back, took off, landed now, again, welcome to Moultrie County. <laughs> yeah, Every time, they just wanted us there. 
It's worth pointing out to our listeners who may have come along post-1985, 1990, that when Fareed says conventional gear, <laughs> he's talking about a tailwheel airplane. That's right. Because once upon a time, tailwheel was conventional. That is such a treat. Adam Smith just joined us. Yeah, another one of our – once again, we cross the streams. It's another, <laughs> it's another past EAA boss of ours, actually. And uh, I think I got here just in time because Fareed was about to start telling tall stories about his landings at uh, Moultrie. Yeah. I did not qualify you, what the quality of them. Adam Fareed was quantifying and qualifying nothing but the most positive aspects of the trip now. <laughs> That's right. And yeah. bragging immensely about the 180. We had a lot of fun yesterday. It was a great trip, wasn't it? It was absolutely a wonderful what, what, trip. What did you like about it? He was just telling us some things he liked. What did you like about the trip? Uh, I like the tail w- tailwind the whole way. <laughs> oh, that counts for a lot, yeah. 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 And, and for the folks at home who just joined us is Adam Smith, who uh, some of you may recognize from a job in a little town up in Wisconsin some time ago. And he's old friends of us, and he's old friends of the podcast, and we love having him here. And welcome Absolutely. to the podcast, yeah. Adam. Oh, so thanks he w- for having me. He was singing the praises of an FBO you stopped at in uh, Moultrie, Georgia. Moultrie, kind of. We've got definitely got to put a plug in for those guys. We uh, we counted that we had seven GPSs on board. Our we talked about that as well. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we, we we were all big fans of Four Flight, and uh, we were using their their uh, fuel price thing, and we saw that there was cheap fuel at this Moultrie County. So uh-huh. we well, and, and that always begs the question. you got seven GPS, two pilots, but th- was there anybody there that actually knew where you were going and what you were doing? We had three pilots. Yeah, we had three pilots on board. Three pilots on board. Well, in that case, I canceled the Just, just waiting to become an accident. Yeah, what, is it, what is it you like to say? That. You say the only thing dangerous at flying with well, one pilot is flying with two pilots, uh, right? What, um, uh, Two air, two pilots trying to fly the same airplane at the same time, a private pilot with a number two uh, Phillips screwdriver, and something else. That <laughs> yeah, that's for right. You. Yeah. <laughs> Adam, tell us about your airplane. What is it? What year is it? How it's long a, you had n- it? 1955 Cessna 180. Um, as I think most people know, best airplane Cessna ever built. Yep. And um, you get one 1961 or earlier, and it's really light, fast, and uh, carry you know carry three of us and three tents and all of our baggage. You got the straight yesterday. tail on it. Straight tail yeah. on it. It's just Perfect. a great airplane. Perfect. I love it. And uh, That's fa- about as good as that type got. That's right. Yeah. So you asked me what did I like about the trip. I, I like the fact that we could get down in a single day and uh, only make two fuel stops because I once flew down here in my J3 Cub, and it Ooh. was um, 24 fuel stops there and back to Oshkosh. Ooh. So it was... <laughs> you got a chance to, to check out a lot of FBOs. I, I checked days, out a lot so. of FBOs. Well, we landed at Bowling Green, our first stop yesterday, and I said, when I came in the Cub, I landed at the same place, but I'd already stopped at three other places before I got here. <laughs> uh-huh, yeah. So, Adam, are you doing a little instrument training on this I am trip? doing a little bit of instrument training. And my, my little uh, sort of sabbatical from work here right now uh, one of my ambitions is to get my instrument rating, and uh, so Fareed is very kindly giving me a little bit of instrument instruction on the way down. And, and Adam you know, is, is bringing me along to the, my first son and fun, so everybody's helping everybody out. Yeah. So a few years ago, a job accelerated my interest in completing my instrument. You're working on your instrument now. What kind of flight instructor is Fareed for your work? 
Well, he was great yesterday. Um, you know, this was this was absolutely my. You notice how he qualified that he was great yesterday. <laughs> well, yesterday was our first day together, oh, okay. so right. you know we had we had enough time to, to kind of do a good briefing on uh, my first um, my first ILS, and you know I thought I did really bad, but he, Fareed was quite complimentary about it. But we, we some Eric in the back who's uh, watching us in the audience, he's got it taped on his new iPad, so I ha- I haven't I haven't actually looked at it yet, but yeah. the uh, the key. That I was uh, the key skill that I was com- uh, complimenting Adam on was the the simple skill of bracketing, uh, following a, a, a needle, the terrestrial, the ground-based navigation, following a VOR or a localizer. That is one of the the key skills that a successful instrument pilot will do because then you, if you can do that successfully, you can actually divert some of your attention to doing all the other things you have to right. do in your instrument. Was, yeah, this is the ILS like that's a low intensity this, operation. This is, we did we did a practice at Bowling Green, and, okay. and as I said, yeah, Adam has a lot of d- different things to learn, but he's already got a good start, and that that particular basic skill is already uh, well on its way. Yeah. And, we, and we also learned a lot about British politics. <laughs> yeah, Farid, Farid made the mistake of saying he'd watched The Iron Lady, the, this movie about Margaret Thatcher. So then he got like a two-hour uh, dissertation from me on uh, uh-huh. the history of Margaret Thatcher. And then we, we ended up going way back into the 1900s. Oh, it was lovely because we had, we had these two- and three-hour legs. And, you know, we were looking, looking over the beautiful... <laughs> Tennessee Valley. What's the other podcast that we don't do? Airplanes are such great classrooms, aren't they? (laughs) Yeah, right. Well, they're also great equalizers. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Adam, um, one would understand that that you are a big fan of the uh, fly-in up north, but you've probably been coming down here for a while. How long have you been coming to Sun and Fun? Um, This, I've been coming for 11 years. Um, Do you remember the first time you came here? What was your impression? I distinctly remember my first Sun and Fun, yeah, because uh, I actually attended Sun and Fun before I attended Oshkosh. I started working for EAA in January of 2001 and so we came to Sun and Fun 2001 that was my first my first time here and um, um, you know you got what you got to remember is I'm coming from England okay so you know the, the largest fly-in you'll ever go to has got maybe a couple of hundred airplanes at it so to come here and see this it was absolutely phenomenal and uh, you know it was a pretty unforgettable uh, experience we, we actually brought our Nanjang uh, we, we, my wife and I came over from Scotland and uh, we'd imported uh, this uh, Nanjang you're Chang- Scottish? Really? no my wife is Scottish don't oh your me wife is Scottish because <laughs> I've never known by your accent um so yeah, that that was that was very memorable because we just never seen so many airplanes and seen so many people and all the exhibitors and things like that. And of course, it was just a taste of things to come uh, uh, when we when we finally saw Oshkosh a little bit later. So uh, coming down in the springs, it be, it's become a little bit of a rite of passage. You know, you get through that long winter up north, and sure. um, there's just something really nice about setting off in the cold and gradually peeling off the layers as you come south and. Farid, so you were telling us a little bit about your experience flying with Adam and his airplane, and I know you owned a, a, a relatively small airplane for a number of years and up until a while ago. What, what airplane was it that you owned? Uh, the venerable Cessna 172. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I was glad that we got in, into the more robust Cessna 180 to get, so you can get a little bit of that extra ground speed going when you're doing those long distances. Although I've flown that 172 a lot of different places, and um, it, it just I bought into it with about 50 hours after overhaul. And so I just bought it in the right time, and it just took me everywhere. And yeah. I, I miss it. I miss it a lot. But um, uh, you know, I'm glad. I'm glad to have uh, you know still have a lot of a network of friends I can get in and and do some of these fun trips. Because yeah. the one thing I wanted to do in my Cessna 172 was was to take fly out to Gettysburg and spend like three three days out there and run around and delve into some American history. And then um, 
and then uh, fly back. And I because I had never taken a long trip in an airplane before. Mm-hmm. So now you've got a few hours in in these you know what I'll call smaller airplanes. Um, and the reason I call them smaller is because as a professional pilot, we you fly, call them regular airplanes. Yeah, I know. But as a as a professional pilot, you've flown slightly larger airplanes. What airplanes have you flown professionally? Uh, it ranges. Because uh, before you spent some time at EA on EA right. staff, you were in fact a what a, 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 a corporate pilot. Basically, of some sort. Uh, yeah, he was a business aviation Bus- driver. Bus- yeah, business aviation bus driver. And, yes. and what aircraft did you fly? Uh, in? The the King Air two hundred, King Air three fifty, the Citation CJ three, the Hawker eight hundred, and all ones before that. So seven hundred, four hundred, and then the Gulfstream two. So it, uh, and I don't think. It, the the youngest airplane I flew was a two thousand, a two thousand King Air three hundred and fifty. Everything else, everything else was very, uh, very much older. We'll put it that way. Uh-huh, but uh-huh. Uh, still, lots of fun. So obviously, business aviation sure. aircraft. You can't you can't have much fun with those. So it's nice to have the. the that, that's sort of my question. How do you compare flying those airplanes to flying the one seventy two one eighty eighties that kind of thing? The fun in flying those particular airplanes is in the professionalism, exactly. in the airmanship, in the giving the the people in the back the best possible aviation experience. And it sounds like a smoke, but really that's what drives you every day because you're doing. Sometimes you do four legs a day. You get tired of running the same checklist every time, mm-hmm. and you you could there's a temp, tempting to skip over it or do you know skip over items here and there. And the thing is is that the part of the, 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 the excellence, the part of the fun, the challenge, the, reward, the rewarding part of being an aviation professional is doing it right every time and giving the... the professionalism. Yeah, yeah, the professionalism is exactly what it is. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you tell me whether I'm right or wrong. At the end of the day, this is, is it not still needle ball and airspeed? It is, and I'll tell you one story that tells you why I like to do this stuff. Because you, you get to see stuff... That is rare. Uh, sometimes you have to tour around the country, call these uh, road shows when a company is getting ready to release stock to the public. Mm-hmm. And so you, th- for two weeks, you could be gone. And we flew these guys around for two weeks. We're in a Hawker 800. We picked up five guys in San Francisco, and it was in January, and there was this big 120 um, knot uh, jet stream tailwind. And so we were able to do San Francisco to Boston nonstop in five hours and 13 minutes. Nice. Although we didn't know we were going to make it over Montana, but once we picked up the jet stream around Milwaukee, we got all the way to Boston, dropped them off. Then we had to drop uh, one person in Frederick, Maryland. And so the route from Boston to Maryland at 17,000 feet took us right over Manhattan Mm -hmm. and 42nd Street at 2 in the morning, and there's nothing like it. Yeah, I mean, I the views imagine. that you sometimes get to see. Um, I've had friends who got to, like, fly near Air Force One as it goes by. And so there's all these wonderful things. Just like being involved in Sun and Fun and Oshkosh, you get to see this. It's just the most amazing things. So flying these, these biz jets or biz yep. aircraft that you're describing, uh, physically, airmanship-wise, how does that compare to flying your 172? It, it, from an air, airmanship perspective, it is the same thing. Although, what it is... It, how you get back up to? We're kind of losing battery. Yeah, here. why don't you borrow? There you go. How you get up to the point where you can actually fly these airplanes is just a is is just an amplification of skills over time, and that is you just add on, add on, add on, add on to what you already know, um, and suddenly you're flying an instead of flying an airplane that that weighs twenty four hundred pounds max gross takeoff, you're wearing you're flying an airplane that weighs six sixty four thousand eight hundred pounds max gross takeoff, mm-hmm, yeah. and so that. 
that is that is the difference. Now the difference is in inertia. Uh, uh, Gulfstream two, which is the weight I just rattled off there, and that is that is if you need to make an airspeed change, you got to think about uh, ten seconds ahead of time if you want to figure that out. And you know if you're if you're if you got the airplane dialed in, you got the you need to hold a certain speed on approach, and you're starting to slow. You got to add the air. You got to add in the right amount of power to get it back up where it's at in time. You know, you can't get too slow. You can't get too fast. And um, so it's it's that that is the that is the difference between say a small airplane and a big airplane is just some some physics sometimes. That was always my question for the folks who would take me on a demo ride. Mm-hmm. What's the airplane like? Yeah. What speeds does it like? Mm-hmm. And I'll work my best to work those air speeds. So that I can get the most out of the demo flight. And the other, the only other big difference with, with the, these larger airplanes or these business cra- aircraft is the systems knowledge that, that when you have to sort something out when something goes wrong. Because obviously the automation that they have, you the pilots can make a really nice experience under normal conditions. But then the pilot is the reason the the reason the pilot's there is when things start to go sideways. And as, as Adam was there yesterday when things started to go sideways for me. I know, absolutely. Uh, go ahead. So, so things started to go sideways? And, and see, that's the difference. I can have, you know, I got 4,800 hours, but I don't have 4,800 hours in a conventional gear aircraft. Right. And so everybody gets humbled. Everybody, you know, you, you can't get, you say, you know, I, I have all these skills. There's and, never been an airplane built. They couldn't embarrass the pilot. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Now, one last thing about the professional pilot life I'm curious about. I, I had the occasion just recently to fly on an airline flight, a real scheduled airline flight in a relatively small plane, yeah. a Beach 1900, where the first officer was also the flight attendant. Uh, who actually came back into the cabin and did the whole, you know, oxygen mask, you know, here are the emergency exits, you know, the thing. Yeah. And um, that was an interesting experience to watch how he was doubling up like that. You hear stories about the life of a corporate pilot. They get abused by the clients, and they're just kind of, like, not taken seriously, and they're ordered around. And Was it, other than getting to fly this, these cool airplanes, was it a pleasant life in that regard? It, yeah, it mostly is because it's the challenge of solving these people's problems, uh, getting them to these different destinations. You are, of course, you also have to you know, load the airplane. You have to figure out about weather and hope that they come. They show up at the airport exactly when that hole between the two uh, fronts have come through. That you know that that nice hole that will get you through the thunderstorms, and they never show up in time. Did, and did occasionally everyone... say, "We can't get there from." Here. That's right. That's an excellent answer from the new, the newly hired professional right. pilot. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Thank yeah. you. All you'll right. you'll um, do well for it. Yeah. We're going to have to take a break in a second here. Adam, um, anything else? Uh, so we enjoyed uh, uh, working for you at EAA all those years. Do you have any plans yet, or are you just kind of, you know, kind of, uh, you know, figuring out what's going on? or Anything I'm, you can talk about. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm sort of taking my time over a little bit. It's been real. I've had so much fun in the last couple of months, just, um, you know, just taking a taking a, a, a deep breath and decompressing from my Are you 11 still years in at EAA. Yeah, I'm still at Oshkosh. And we're planning to stay in Oshkosh. My wife has got a, a really good job up there flying a citation for a local company, and we, we love the place that we live. And um, so my plan is to, you know, is to stay in aviation and um, been exploring a few few opportunities in the last couple of months. And have you ever considered I, flying for a living? <laughs> I, I, have, I will definitely not be flying for a living. Um... My wife, I mean, that's what my wife does, and I, I sort of observed her in the airline career and in the business aviation career, and um, enough to know that's definitely not for me. Um, 
maybe you know maybe I've got a, a little idea that I'd like to get my instrument rating. I'm not not really uh, sorry uh, my. My, my flight instructor rating not not as a not really as a career thing but i would like to give back to mm-hmm. aviation i i you know i got into flying because someone one day said to me i will teach you to fly for nothing and it's sort of an ambition from for me to to one day be able to do that to somebody else and give them the gift that i got given adam let me ask you you mentioned your wife and watching you know her her life and and as a professional pilot is there any one thing that jumps out at you as being a um a turn-off as being why you don't want to fly for a living? Um, there's probably a few, but, for example, she had to get up out of bed at 4 a.m. this morning, and I do not do 4 a.m. well. <laughs> I, I, I copy that, man. <laughs> there there. But in terms, of, in terms of what I'm doing, um, I, 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 I can give you a kind of an idea what I'm working on. I, I, I am firmly convinced that there is a hunger in aviation for good, um, what I would call how-to-do-it information. Um, certainly in my experience at EAA and before, any time that you can put good information out there that help people to, to do something in aviation, it's always been very successful. And um, so I, I'm kind of working on setting up a business that's going to be in that area of aviation. Are you thinking on technique? Are you thinking on uh, how to buy an airplane, how to operate an airplane? How to own an airplane. I, I think... I think all of the above, but probably it may be oriented a little bit over towards the the maintenance side of it. Because at the end of the day, there is quite a lot of stuff out there that's helping someone build uh, to, to fly an airplane. You know, there's there's some good resources out there. Um, but if if you want, you know, if you want to change the oil on your airplane, or if you want to. Um, you know, service your brakes or whatever. We, we, we should talk after work. Yes. Yeah. Hey, listen, we got to take a break now. I want to thank Farid Guillaume, uh, Afterburner Al, and Adam Smith for, think, for stopping by. Adam, I promise if you come on again, we'll get your grown-up cheer. I promise okay, you. Thank okay. you. All right. Thanks for having me. All right. And uh, you're listening to the Uncontrolled Airspace Podcast on Sun and Fun Radio. We'll be back in a minute. Hey, Sun and Fun Radio listeners. They're back. Make sure you tune in on Tuesday evening at 5.30 p.m. and again on Sunday morning at 10 a.m. for Jack. I can do it. I can do it. Uh, ooh, ooh, oh, no, I can't do it. Hodgson, Dave, Higdon, and Jeb um, yeah, um, Burnside, otherwise known as the Voices in Your Head. That's right, folks. The Uncontrolled Airspace Podcast will be returning to do two episodes live from the deck of Sun and Fun Radio. All right. So, well, uh, something else I wanted he's to talk about. He's moving out into uh, the yeah. crowd. <laughs> Since you can't fill the time that let way. Me, let me provide the background music. Assuming this microphone works out here. Uh, stump the band here. Stump the band. Um, yeah, some people tell me that they yell at their po- iPods uh, <laughs> during the podcast, and and I. So this is your opportunity to ask the boys, preferably the boys, but I suppose you could ask me something too. Um, some I'm, and I'm kind yeah, of we're, serious. We're not doing improv here. Jack, we're not, we're not Jack, doing like the song and dance. Jack, or would you ask them? Has a question. If their I want to ask respond. one of these guys. Come on, somebody's got a question. They've always wanted to ask. Oh, now, now we find out, huh? On the forums, they're all like, you know, they're jab like, you ignorant slut. I know, yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. All right. But now I give them a chance, and it's like, no, huh? Uh-huh. Yeah, you, 
Yeah, the chickens are coming home. Now we do have a 25-minute program. Well, that's right because now. the ignorant right. slut Here, here comes Dave crap. Allen now. He's going to grab the bike. Dave Allen, <clears throat> what did you always want to ask these guys? What is the airspeed velocity of an unladen swallow? <laughs> um, now, which swallow are you talking about? Are you talking about swallow the bird or swallow the biplane? And you're going to have to swallow that answer before I can answer. Every now and then I get this this um, um, quote of the day thing that pops up on my computer. And every now and then, I, I think it was, uh, I don't remember who it was, but he says, uh, science has demonstrated that um, uh, terminal velocity of a cow <laughs> is 180 knots when it's flown out, when it's dropped out of a helicopter. <laughs> Uh, so I, I have to ask, are we talking about a dead swallow or a live swallow? Jim, how you doing? All right, here we go. I got a question out here. Hey, you guys? <laughs> Jim, what's your question? All right, I'm going to try to embarrass you. You're going to hold the mic. He's doing a great job. Dave. Jeff. Sir. Hey, Ted. Jim. When you uh, talk, Dave, when you talk to potential employers, Jeb, when you talk to readers, does the, being on this podcast enhance your reputation or bring it down a notch? And I presume you mean, you mean what, prior what to tonight, right? Yeah, okay. Prior to tonight. Um, I, you know, maybe it's a character flaw, which, of which maybe. I've been accused in the past. I don't, I, I try not to link the two. Uh, we talk about my, some of my day jobs on the podcast. We talk about some of, of Dave's job, day jobs on the podcast. Um, but I really do consider the two to be separate and apart. Um, some of this is an alter ego experience. Some not that of, there's ego involved. Not that there's ego involved, but it's, it's you know, it's the Freudian the alter ego thing. Um, some of this is um, I can do stuff here that I can't do in print. I can do stuff here I can't do even on the web. Um, so, Give us an example, Jim. <laughs> to those who aren't aware, uh, Jack and I are sleeping in the same tent uh, here at Sun and Fun. He may not wake up too, tomorrow. Too much information, Jim. <laughs> Jim, let me answer the question well, this that, way. Go ahead. My business insurance has gone down in cost. Jim. And I figure that they listened to the podcast and decided, whiskey, tango, foxtrot, nobody cares. Yeah. No. There are things I can talk about. I can talk about um, one of the most dangerous things in, in general aviation is a private pilot with a number two Phillips screwdriver. Okay. I can talk about that in this fashion like this. I can't do that in print. Mm -hmm. okay. I can't do that in some other forums. Yeah. Yeah. Jim, you uh, had some fun on your way down here to Sun and Fun this year. What would you do? I put a few extra days into my trip to ends to drag my tail around Winterhaven in a tail in a 1946 and get a tailwheel endorsement. Oh, wow. Yeah, very nice. Very nice. Can I plug the instructor? You sure can. Go ahead. Uh, Peggy Preston of Preston Aviation over at Winterhaven. They did a great job, and they're just marvelous people. Long and deep experience in aviation. Excellent. Thank you. And, oh, Dave has a question. Shall better. Has a comment. Comment, not a question. The members of the Uncontrolled Airspace podcast are participating as private individuals. Comments they make do not necessarily reflect the attitude of Sun and Fun Radio. On the other hand, as long as we're upright and within the performance envelope, 
Any of you guys a first-timer to Sun and Fun? How you doing? What's your first name? Hi, Rick. And how long, so this is your first, where are you from? I'm from uh, suburbs of Chicago. And what kind of flying do you do? Uh, whatever I can ride along with somebody else. <laughs> so your first time to Sun and Fun, what do you think? Uh, it's awesome. It's uh, kind of a mini Oshkosh. I've done Oshkosh for 20 years. I saw you guys up there last year, uh, both shows. Uh, and you're back here anyways. <laughs> yeah, yes, I am. Yeah, yeah. I actually uh, listened to the podcast, tried to tell all my friends about it, and uh, drove down here a little longer than I thought on the drive, and the uh, fuel cost was a little high, but... Uh, well worth coming down here. Any questions for the guys? Uh, Jeb always talks like he's done a million things. I'm just kind of wondering, what, 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 what's your age, Jeb? I'm 55. Really? Okay, because you went to yeah. air shows it sounds like before I was born in that, and you, know, you were in, in so many different things. Thank you for that. I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's good or bad. Um, what can I say? You look, you look younger than you. Thank you. Saying, so. Thank you. Up here, up That's here, up the here. youngest yeah. he's felt in 20 years. Uh, first time to Sun and Fun. Yeah, first time. I'm David uh, from New York, and uh, your podcast is great. Thank you. And it's a pleasure to meet you guys, and uh, it's just a wonderful show. I'm learning a lot about aviation. I don't fly myself, but just by listening to your podcast. You don't fly yourself right now. That's correct. It's, Thank you. It's a little bit, looks like it's a little bit addictive. So We're uh, going to expect no free gifts, you know, so you don't have to say all that stuff, all right? We're going to expect right. a different what? report in 2013. Yeah, come, come back in a couple of years. and We're, we're about to... I, I live halfway between uh, Kennedy and LaGuardia in Queens. Oh, wow. Oh, you're in the midst of it. Okay. What oh, kind yeah. of flying do you do? I do uh, virtual flying, meaning uh, I'm listening to podcasts. I'm not licensed. I have a grand total of zero hours, and uh, I'm just here to soak I- I, I, re, I resemble that remark. I used to have flowers. But uh, you have a question for these guys? Well, I have a question um, since I'm fairly new to even listening to the podcast. Can you tell uh, myself and others how you got started? Uh, how you got started doing the podcast, how you all met each other? All right, Jeb, you better tell the story because we'll be here all night. We'll, we'll be here all night if we turn it over today. <laughs> Years ago, circa 2005, I find myself working on Air Venture Today for EAA at the Oshkosh and, Air Show. And, and the working word is a loose description. The wor- working is, eh. And uh, I'm working with Dave, who's, who's uh, at that time the photographer, one of, one of the photographers. Jack is, is doing his around-the-field column and doing some other stuff as assigned. And um, one night we find ourselves headed up to Appleton, Wisconsin, from Oshkosh. It's about a 20-mile drive up, the, up uh, Highway 41 to go get sushi. There's a recurring theme. No. Nakajima's is the name. And uh, we're doing, Dave and I are in the front seat, Jack's in the back. Dave and I are doing a Jane, you ignorant slut kind of thing because he's talking about something that's so outlandish that it's, it's, I find it's completely stupid, and I'm busting his chops on it. And we go back and forth for five or ten minutes, and, and we stop, take a breath, and Jack chimes in from the back seat says, You know, this would make a great podcast. And we stop, and we turn around, and we look at him like, do you want to get out? And you think people would I, waste bandwidth to listen yeah. to us, Bravo and, and Sierra? So we went on to sushi and forgot about this. Yeah. In retrospect, I apparently gave you the wrong answer that night, but okay. Okay. Yeah. So, in retrospect, the whole idea was the wrong idea, but no, no it wasn't. Uh, anyway. so, uniform, Bravo, Afo, Romeo. We did the same thing the following year, and he'd kind of chimed in a couple of times during the year. Two thousand six rolls around. We're doing the same thing. We're rolling up the highway to go get sushi. And Jane, you ignorant slut, all over again. He's like, dude, guys, 
this would really make a great podcast. And we're like, he's serious about this. And we so, were looking for a doctor that would prescribe the medication right. that would get him over right. this. So we we decided sometime in August, September of that year to, to humor him. And Thinking that in four or five weeks it, it would go away. It would go, it's like a bad rash. It would just go away. Uh, but it didn't. And here we are. 278 episodes later. Nine. Jack yeah, still. Well, okay. My friend, you have to consider what a slow learner Jack is for us to be on 279, and he still hadn't figured this out. This is, uh, this is Doug. He's one of my uh, meet-up buddies from Nashua. Uh, we get together every, every couple months or so and have breakfast at the restaurant there. That's in New Hampshire, that's right? right? New Hampshire. So, hi, Doug. How are you? Hi, guys. Great to be here. My first time at Oshkosh. Uh, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> but we've seen you at Oshkosh before. There will be a whipping later. Drinks drinks are on you, apparently. Okay. Well, welcome to Sun and Fun. Thanks. So what do you think of the show? What, have you been, had a chance to wander around? I know you're helping out here at the radio station. Yeah, I've been around quite a bit, and I'm really enjoying it. There's a lot of new avionics stuff that's really exciting, uh, especially a new uh, unit for ADS beef that we saw read about over at Sporty. So we're going to go check that out later. What kind of flying you do? You and, uh, and Dave P. Uh, share an airplane, right? We have an A36 Bonanza and a flying club up in Nashville. Woohoo! <laughs> and Dave Pasco and I flew down eight. from Nashville. It was about eight hours, uh, mostly solid IFR, and did uh, an approach down to minimums, and we're in the clouds and watching thunderstorms go by. So do you have a question for these guys? A, uh, just a comment. I really enjoy your podcast. I listen to it all the time. Driving in my car. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you very much. I keep telling you, there's no gifts. There are no gifts. Anybody else? Thank Questions you, thank for you, the boys? Thank you. All right. This is... Oh, good. Twitter we question. have a Twitter question. What are Twitter questions? So I have a question that I didn't realize I had until about five minutes ago when I got a side pro- profile of Jeff. Did, you, did anybody ever tell you that you look a little bit like Butthead from Beavis and Butthead. Oh. Did it, oh. You got the skinny. You got oh. the they, they, they call, they, they Actually, they just call me Beavis. They, they figure the Butthead part is implied. This is Mike and Elizabeth. Hi, guys. How are you? There's a hi, Jack. How are you? Oh, you're not supposed to say hi, Jack, at an airport, are you? I don't even go there. <laughs> hi. Depends on the so, airport. How is it? Uh, you, got, so you guys are, are, are notorious in my mind for a couple of years ago, midweek during Sun and Fun, listening on the stream or somehow paying attention on the Internet, and midweek deciding, oh, no, we're going to Sun and Fun, and you jumped in a plane. Is that right? Yeah, that was last minute. We red-eyed down. And we red-eyed down this time, too, but we're here all week for the third year in a row we're here. So how are things going? I, you, you just, you're doing a lot of flying these days. Just the other day I noticed on the Internet that you did a kind of trip, some sort of trip. You live in Las Vegas. Is that right? That's correct. We live in Las Vegas. We fly to North Las Vegas Airport, and Saturday we flew Woo-hoo! to Star uh, to El Cajon Airport, Gillespie Field, KSEE, and uh, to visit my mom. And she had a hot chocolate run she was doing on Sunday. And on Sunday we we're trying to make the weather to get back. There was a storm coming in. We had a couple a couple hours of beautiful weather, and uh, we got a flat. One of the main tires was flat. It took them a few hours to fix it. We missed our weather window. Spent the night. So yesterday morning. We got up and waited the weather, waited the weather, waited the weather, and flew out. And for the first time, we actually flew a VFR over the top. So we found a hole and went up over the top of the clouds and flew home. So we could get in an airliner and come here. Now, Elizabeth, you're not formally the pilot, but you're really excited about this whole thing as well. well what, 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 draw, what attracts you to aviation? 
Well, I, I love adventure, and one of the things I love about Mike is his sense of adventure. And so when he said that he wanted to uh, get his pilot's license, I was really jazzed for that. And he included me in the process, and, and his instructor, who has also uh, taken me on some flight lessons as well, included me from the beginning. So it's just been, um, it's just been great for both of us. I always get a little bit of stick time. Not as much as I would like. Need to work on that more. But, you know, for instance, if I have a race I want to do somewhere, if it's close enough we can fly, we, we fly and we make that plan. And he works out, you know, which plane we're going to try this time. And we just make it happen, and it's wonderful. I have a question. Yeah. Do you, have any, do you have any sisters? <laughs> I am an only child. Uh. <laughs> now, what you may not know about Elizabeth is she is officially an, not an Iron Man. What is it you call yourselves? Oh, um, a mud mud runner. Uh, I'm a tough mudder and an Iron Girl triathlete, actually. Yeah, so she's a serious, okay. serious like endurance athlete. Very yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah. So how? It's an aviation podcast, so I guess we can't go into that. That's, that's, that's we don't have to go into. That. Are you guys still working on your airplane? Yeah, we're still building. It's just been slow with my travel and all in the winters when I'm busy. In the summers when I have time to build. What kind of airplane is it? We're building a Zenith CH750. Cool. How far along are you? Well, the uh, the epinage is done mostly, and we're building the fuselage. We've got kind of a box that almost looks like an airplane held together with Clecos. Now, why did you pick that airplane? Why did you think that was going to be the right airplane for you? Uh, we, we looked at a lot of different airplanes, and that one looked easy to build um, for us as a first-timer. And because we like to do a lot of exploring and camping and stuff, that plane's designed to land in a very short distance, 100, 150 feet for takeoff and landing on it. Of course, we sacrifice speed for that, but eh, whatever. And now that you've had your hands on it in a very real way for a while, is it still the right airplane? I mean, truthfully. Yeah, it's, it's the right airplane for the build, and it'll be great to take into the chicken strip out there in Death Valley, which is a fun little airfield that I wouldn't take anything but this type of airplane into. You mentioned this briefly a minute ago, real quickly, because we're starting to run out of our allotted time here, but uh, tell me about that airstrip. What's it all about? Well, the chicken strip was recently reopened by the Recreational Aviation Foundation through a deal with the Parks and Recreation. It's a 1,400-foot dirt runway that's on a slight uphill that stops into the mountains, so there's not really a go-around if you can't make it. And there's some hot springs there, and people go there and hang out, and supposedly they hang out naked. We've never been there, but uh, um, Shotgun F-15 and I actually flew his plane over from Twitter. We, 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 we need the identifier for that airport, please. I was going to say, it's interesting. I haven't been invited. No, no identifier? No identifier. It's not on the sectional. But I can give you the GPS coordinates. Right. There's a sign. There's hot springs, and people are naked there, they tell me. So Off list, please. Thank you. Go ahead. What's that? Idaho Mike uh, from the other yeah. podcast. Uh, he, he's landed there. Yeah. Now, you were you were slash are involved with another aviation podcast. What was that? Is that called? Yeah, we were on the Mile High Flyers. Uh, we haven't put out an episode in over a year, but yeah. That was a, it's a great podcast. I hope it comes back. I hope you guys get it back together again. Thank you. Thanks, everybody, for talking with us. We're going to try and wrap this thing up here. we got just a few more minutes. So here we go, day one of uh, Sun and Fun. Day one. Yeah. It is day Almost one of Sun and Fun. Almost you noticed that, too? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, what are we looking looking for this week? What's going to happen? What are we expecting? I, I, I have no expectations. Yeah. I learned a long time ago not to have any, so I wouldn't be disappointed. Yeah. But uh, I, I really don't have any of this show except uh, uh, some sunshine and some fun. Sunshine, go okay. away. David, I'm afraid to ask. So what are you looking forward to this week? Seriously. Well, I've got a couple of flights booked towards the end of the week. I'm uh-huh. looking forward to accomplishing those because those will turn into marketable stories, which is, you know, at the end of the day, guys got to pay the bills. Uh, but the opportunity to experience new things, to sample new things, try them out, that's, 
what most of all I'm looking forward to over the next few yeah. days. Yeah. Where are we going to hold the uh, the meetup, the tailgate party, huh? We're still trying to figure this out. We're still I, we, trying to figure it out. And we're not about to make an announcement, uh, unfortunately. No, no. But, uh, unfortunately. But we're looking for suggestions. Here. Anybody here who knows the grounds real well and uh, can make a suggestion of where we can hold our, our little uh, tailgate party. Anyone who's, uh, unfortunately, that's probably not going to work. Oh, well, Dave's we're, saying it maybe we, it will we, work. So uh, We have a couple of spots in mind. But those, some of you may know from we Oshkosh. We shall be checking them out yeah. and posting the appropriate location. Yeah. But we've done this at Oshkosh for the last couple of years where we just kind of get a couple of coolers of, uh, of adult and regular beverages, and we just invite people to come on over uh, late in the afternoon and, and, uh, and meet. So we're going to do that on Saturday evening. That part's for sure. Saturday evening from about 6 to 8, someplace Maybe here, but we'll let you know. Some place at a location near to an air show called Sun and... Pay attention to the UCAP dailies. Pay attention to my Twitter feed. Pay attention to the Uncontrolled Airspace uh, uh, website for information on exactly where that's going to be. And if you have to, pay attention to Jack. Dave, uh, he's, Jeff. Your edi- he's your editor and producer. I would be a little bit well, more respectful. I know he has Final Cut, so yeah, what, yeah. you know, Whiskey Tango Foxtrot. Um, so where are we going to, uh, I had a question. I've completely lost it now. <laughs> well, now that's never happened before. No. Jeb, we started out by asking uh, David about his earliest days at, uh, at Sun and Fun. When, when did you first come to Sun and Fun? My first Sun and Fun was either 98 or 99. I uh-huh. forget which. Uh, I was uh, executive editor at AvWeb at the time and uh, kind of reinventing the wheel or, 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 or inventing a wheel to begin with. To uh, cover the show is one of the first uh, times that AvWeb had covered. It was the first time AvWeb had covered Sun and Fun. One, one of I don't know if you call it a legacy, but one of the things that I left behind uh, at AvWeb was um, the idea of covering all of these shows as as much as possible, as much as budgets and resources would allow. And uh, that was the uh, really the first time I'd been to Sun and Fun. Other than the work, what do you remember about that first time? You were living in in the D.C. area. I was still at the in time. the D.C. area at the time. I don't know if it was that trip or a later, a subsequent trip, but I do remember uh, one trip to Sun and Fun. Uh, one of our um, our writers, uh, contributors, uh, Glenn Pugh, who was still with AvWeb, um, lives in the New York City area. And I uh, flew up to Teterboro to pick him up. And we flew down together uh, from Teterboro to, to Sun and Fun. On the way back, we did the, uh, the tour. Flew down over the... Um, uh, going into Teterboro, flew down over the uh, Statue of Liberty mm-hmm. and uh, up the Hudson, past the Twin Towers. They were still up at the time. And uh, just a very beautiful way to arrive in, in, in transit the New York City area. That's the, the probably the first memory I have of that particular, uh, that particular uh-huh. year. Yeah. Well, well we're going to be here all week long. We're going to do another one of these episodes on Sunday morning. We're, going to, we're doing dailies every day. Uh, oh, well, maybe maybe we'll not see. today. We'll see <laughs> how that today. Believe me, we're going to do an episode someplace on Sunday morning, hopefully here, but you never know. And, uh, and the dailies, check out the dailies. Uh, the dailies, of course, have a very different feel to them. They're a little bit more uh, atmosphere, a little bit more, you know, kind of the feel of what's going on around here. A uh, lot As opposed to the serious and structure of what we did here tonight. <laughs> Whatever that structure Anyways. may have been. A couple of heartfelt thank yous. First of all, to you folks for being such yeah. good sports and, and, and letting me grill you and just hanging around and, and uh, giving us some feedback. We really appreciate that. Uh, one of the great joys of doing this podcast is meeting folks uh, online and in person. So thank you for coming by. 
Uh, thank you to uh, Farid Gio for stopping by. Uh, it's a pleasure, and uh, he's just a fun and guy. Thank you and, to Adam Smith. And thank you to Adam Smith for stopping by. Uh, uh, both of them former bosses of ours at uh, EAA and who have become friends over the years, and so we appreciate that. Thank you to uh, David Schalbetter and uh, and everybody here, all the staff at yeah, uh, Southern Fun Radio. Yeah, good job tonight. The volunteers of EAA Radio, as always, are cut above. Get off my deck. You said, you said the other radio station. You did. <laughs> Anyways, thank you to the Sun and Fun Radio I am staff. So humbled for all Let of the technical help they've given us and all of the great hospitality they've shown us. The Sun and the... Fun Radio. Where is he sleeping tonight? We thank you immensely, and please don't kick me out of my campsite. That's Dave Higdon. That's Jeff Burnside. I'm Jack Hodgson. David, was there something you were going to say? If you want to look younger than me, go fly. Because time spent flying is not subtracted from your lifespan. And that's enough talking. Let's go flying. This is Jeff Ward from Behind the Scenes at the Uncontrolled Airspace podcast. You're listening to Sun and Fun Radio, WPEP 788, 1510 AM, Lakeland, Florida. And on the web at liveatc.net slash SNF. The members of the Uncontrolled Airspace podcast are participating as private individuals. Their comments do not necessarily reflect the views of the various organizations they work with. Also, anything you hear on this podcast that sounds like advice on aircraft operation is obviously very general. You should always consider your own situation, remember your training, and fly the airplane. But you knew that.